if you only ever did things you don't want to do, you'd only ever have everything you'd ever wanted. If you can overcome procrastination and internal resistance through the cultivating of courage, you will in return get everything you want in life. Because on the other side of the things you don't want to do are the biggest riches. They're the biggest lessons. They're the biggest gifts. But you have to be willing to get on the other side of them, which most people are not. Most people are not in the business of wanting to cultivate courage to overcome. They are in the business of staying comfortable and not exiting that comfort area. Because as soon as they get to the edges of it, they let the fear overcome them and they forget that they have to cultivate courage. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone evolution for men begins now this is a soul fire production all right everyone welcome back to the art of masculinity we are diving in today on a subject that i just actually went over in a free masterclass. so if you weren't on instagram or on my email list you definitely did not get notified about this so i highly recommend if you are a listener on this podcast and you want to be invited to future master classes, make sure you get part of my email list. Go to johnnylsasser.com, sign up for the email list there. Um, you'll get everything that's going on from master classes to uh, courses that I got coming out to in person live events, things like that. So make sure you guys sign up if you are not on there. You also get free access to a lot of different shit because you guys are going to get first access to events and courses. And then you're also going to get. Um, you know, cool free stuff down the road. That's kind of the perks of being on the email list. So make sure you go sign up for that. Anyways, I want to go over some of these things that we talked about in the masterclass because they're very important for men in general and for people in general. And it has to do all centralized around leadership. Now, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, you understand my background, but let me refresh you guys a little bit on why leadership is even important to me because, and, and why I'm even qualified to speak on this. Like, I feel like if you're going to speak to something, you should have some form of qualifications in, in the event of like actually doing some form of studying behind it, making sure that you're actually being educated in it, or you've directly applied this to real world scenarios and it's been fruitful. That is kind of where I've been with leadership. So I was in special operations. I was there since I was 18 years old. I was a team leader and moved up to a squad leader. I was a sergeant within special operations by the time I left. I have led men on a ton of actual combat missions overseas, and I've had to train men and manage a team and manage a squad in which you're dealing with eight other people or three other people for a team, and you're managing everybody's personalities, you're managing their ability to be trained, what actually resonates with them, and on and on and on. So that's one piece of my history with this. The other piece was I moved into a government position, civil service job. 
and made it all the way to essentially like the highest ranks of civil service. So I easily could have had a GS-15. I chose not to do GS-15 work. That was a personal decision because I was not going to be a career federal employee. Uh, but I made it all the way up to GS-14 step, I don't even know, like five or something like that, which means that I hung around in that position or in that that classification for a few years, right? And so that was what I did, but again, willingly chose to do it. GS-14 is a high-level manager within the federal government, just as a 15 is. And actually, you know, I would argue they're pretty much the same thing. It's just they want you to be a 15 when you take over like a branch or a division role, something like that. So anyways, been up in the higher high-ranking high, high echelons in, in the federal government as well. And before even, or actually in between that uh, special operations, while I was actually also a tactical commander for the U.S. ambassador's detail, um, again, leadership there, uh, second in command on that team, and also managed all the routes. And because I was former spec ops, I typically managed a lot of the techniques and training for men and for how we operated on an objective, especially through the protection avenue of ensuring that the ambassador was safe and we could exfil him. So did all that. But in that time frame, while I was in that job, I was actually doing a lot of education for myself. And I was ensuring that I came back from working overseas for almost a decade. I came back with formal education because, you know, it, while, you know, we can look at it nowadays and it's, it's not super important. And even business owners and things like that, they'll claim that, you know, having degrees is, is, is not as important as actually interpersonal skills and the ability to do what needs to be done, show up and all these other things. But at the end of the day, you know, a lot of value is, or emphasis is placed on formal education. So I decided to make sure I got that. I was fortunate enough to have the GI Bill and I was able to get two degrees while I was overseas. And one of those was in or a master's in organizational management. Now I ended up getting a third degree later on that wasn't covered by the GI Bill. But my second degree by the GI Bill was a master's in organizational management. So I do have the book foundation of leadership training as well and how to use that in an organization, create a culture and manage teams. I say all of this to tell you that I have the experience to go and talk about leadership from many different lenses. And it doesn't mean I'm better than anybody. It just means I've used a lot of different tactics. I've failed in a lot of different ways. I've seen what really works. I can contrast that to what is being written in books and I can call bullshit or I can say, yeah, that actually works. It's real. That's ap applicable to real world environment. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to book knowledge, or book education, it's hard to say that those things actually work in real world scenarios. Like, yes, in hypothetically, these things are the perfect way to do certain things, right? When you see them in a book, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That works. Or I think that'll work. That seems like it'll work. And then you get to the real scenario. And you're like, there's no fucking way that's going to happen. Like, there is no way that you're going to do that. There's no way that that's going to be performed in any form of realistic environment where it's going to be applicable. And so you end up having this confrontation of ideas. What is real and what is theoretical, right? And that to me is important, especially in leadership, because leadership is all real. There is nothing theoretical about it. Leadership is the emphasis of how you actually define a goal, whether it's for 
a business, an organization, your business, your family, yourself, your friend group, whatever it is, it's developing a goal, something that is measurable for success, and then leading, guiding those people to that end goal, right? Leadership gets tossed around in this world and people get tossed into the fire. The federal government is one of the places where a lot of people gain leadership just by sitting long enough at a desk that they get promoted. I don't agree with that and nor should anybody else because that is not the embodiment of a good leader. Now, to be said, that leader's leadership and high quality leadership is a skill that can be developed. The problem I have, especially with federal government leaders, is they do not place an emphasis on learning those skills. And the quote-unquote leadership schools that these people go to or leadership uh, courses that they are uh, enrolled into are complete bullshit. They're nonsense. There's no real applicable usage in them. They don't actually understand the people that have developed them don't really know what it's like to even be in a leader, be in a leadership position outside of the government, um, nor do they know how to be in a leadership position where decision making is a real concept in which somebody has to step up and make the decisions and execute that it's not just, you know, the government has a bad problem with kicking things down the road. Now, I digress. This is my complaints. Part of why I don't work for the government anymore. But anyways, I, wanna, I wanted to stress this because there, is, there are forms of leadership where people are placed in those positions. They're given assets. The assets are shit and the leadership doesn't develop, right? But I want you guys to be good leaders. And I'm really taking this on myself in the sense of I, I truly have a soft spot for people that want to lead and feel lost in that leadership. Because maybe they haven't experienced it. Maybe they don't feel like they're born leader, which, you know, just a side note, there are no born leaders. It's all developed. But they don't feel like they're capable or equipped to have that leadership position. So they, they really just kind of feel hesitant um, or they feel inferior and they don't want to be part of it. Um, or not that they don't want to be part of it, but they, they, they have a lot of fear against it. Right. And so I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But when we talk about this part of leadership, guys, guys and gals, if you wake up in the morning and someone isn't grabbing you by your fucking arm and yanking you out of bed and telling you what the fuck to go do every step of the day, you are a fucking leader. You're a leader for yourself. You are a leader for your life and you are responsible for getting you from one place to the next. Now, we fuck it up and we make poor decisions. Guess what leadership is? You take action at least, and sometimes those actions are not fruitful and can be viewed as poor decisions. But you took an action and good leaders learn from that and improve. Bad leaders continue to make bad decisions because they don't actually evaluate their leadership mindsets. They don't actually evaluate the scenario and what could have been the better position to put themselves in or could have been the better decision to make and then utilize that thought process moving forward to future future decisions. Okay. So that is why this is so important because regardless of whether you're ever going to lead a team, you will lead yourself. 
And high likelihood is you will lead a family, right? And especially for men, because let's face it, like women, I know all you boss ladies out there. I love you gals. You guys are amazing. Just fucking crushing it. And you are badasses in your own business. And you also need to learn how to be a leader in your business, a good leader, right? Difference between a leader and a good leader. You guys need these skills. But at the end of the day, for the most part, in Western culture, and actually I would say in most cultures, when the woman comes home and the family is collected at the house, the default leader for the home is the man. This is just the majority of the way the world works because this is how we've evolved as a society for a number of different reasons that I'm not going to go into because we've stressed a lot of these things on other podcast episodes, and this is not the episode to do it. So bottom line is men you will eventually be a leader for your family, high likelihood of that, and you're going to have to lead yourself. And women, y'all are getting into the business space. Y'all need to learn how to be better leaders there. Not saying you're bad, but just saying just because you're a leader or you're a business owner doesn't mean you're good. My wife knows my experience with my uh, and being a leader in multiple different environments, and she comes to me constantly on how to how to present herself as a leader in her business happenings because she's growing a team and she is learning how to be a better leader. She's coming to somebody who has that experience and she's using my experience to help her and benefit from that. So she can create a cohesive team, a blended culture and a clear culture for her business and a direction forward for her business and her team. So they can do that together collaboratively. Right? So anyways, I went over this in the masterclass and I went over three tools that are incredibly important for being a high quality leader. And the first tool that I gave was that it was all about leveraging imperfection. Now, I'm sure you guys are asking, like, what the fuck is leveraging imperfection, right? Leveraging imperfection is making sure that you utilize action when you have an imperfect amount of information. Let me say this again. You are leveraging action when you have an imperfect amount of information. Colin Powell said this best. He is well-renowned for his leadership. And he said he makes a decision with no less than 40% of the information he believes is necessary. And he makes a decision with no more than 70%. I fucking love this quote because it epitomizes the high quality leader that he was, which was he was an action taker and a decision maker that in the epitome of everything is what a leader is supposed to do because everybody else is sitting around looking, wondering what the fuck is supposed to happen. They're wondering where the fuck are we supposed to go? What the fuck is supposed to get done? But real leaders step up and say, oh yeah, (laughs) I'm not asking that question. I'm actually looking at where we need to go and I'm saying, follow me. I got this. And they have it by saying, I'm going to lead the way and you guys are going to fill in the support as we go along. And I'm going to clearly communicate and give you guys the information you need so that we can collectively get to the end goal. But that decision is not made with 100% of the information available for that scenario. And it pretty, pretty much never can be because you can never predict the environment that is going to shape before you after you make the first decision, right? 
So what he says is he basically makes his decision-making process through between that 40 and 70%. If he has a minimum of 40%, he is making a decision and acting on it. He is taking in consideration the known information and the known consequences that happen from a decision made based off that information. And then he's saying, okay, I'm going to act or we are going to let this one go away and we are going to refocus somewhere else. And conversely, if he has an abundance of information and he is closer to the 70% of the information he needs, he is not searching for the other 30% before he makes a decision. And this is going to go into the next tool. What that is doing is that is preventing him from going into procrastination and internal resistance, which is what most people do. Hey, everyone, want to take a quick second here and let you know about my new book, Design the Man Within. It is all about getting the everyday man the tools he needs to start becoming a better version of himself, but also becoming a man who loves himself and impacts the people around him positively. Go ahead to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. I am very proud of this book and it was the book I needed years ago when I started my journey. And so I hope that it can be that door opening book for every man out there to start his own personal journey with tools and tips that I've used to help grow through some of the darkest times in my life to become somebody who looks at the man in the mirror and loves who he sees. So make sure you head over to designthemanwithin.com and get your copy today. I hear this so often. I'm a perfectionist. No, you are a procrastinator. You are an insecure procrastinator. And if that offends you, do some journaling work. That is the truth. You are not a leader. You are an insecure procrastinator and you allow internal resistance to govern your decision-making process. That is not a leader. That is a follower, right? And I don't care if you've built a successful business, even though you're this person, it will not sustain itself and you will not have success for longevity. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to give you a realistic picture of what a good leader does not do. And if you're sitting in that boat and saying, wow, Johnny, I've made it and I'm, I'm seem pretty successful right now, motherfucker. Cool. If you keep that mentality and you feel you do not need to work on your leadership skills, you will not hold that success. And I do not want to be the one that says, I told you so, but I will be the one that says, I told you so. It doesn't work that way. Eventually, you have to get good at leadership or you need to bring in, because your business gets so big, you need to bring in people who are really good at leadership because you fucking suck and you can't grow your business. I'm going to go over this in, in future episodes, but Steve Jobs is notorious for this. Yes, he was a visionary. Yes, he was very good at running a successful business. He was a shit fucking leader and had to bring a lot of good leaders into his business so he didn't fucking crush it. That is how Apple remained a success. And that is a true story of who he was. Doesn't mean he's a bad person, just a shit leader. And doesn't mean you can't have a successful business 
But what he did was he mitigated an area that he was not good in by bringing in people who were good, but he had the money and he had the business. So you either need to get good at leadership or you need to be good at making money to bring people in who can lead your company, which means you still have to be able to convey a mission. You still have to be able to convey a culture. You still have to be able to convey an identity. Okay. That all comes from leadership. You will need that. So at the end of the day, you will need to move into it. So you will run into procrastination. And this is your second tool. You will run into procrastination and internal resistance. High quality leaders know how to move past that. And I like to say they know how to overcome. So your first tool was leveraging imperfection. Your second tool is overcoming procrastination and internal resistance. Good leaders know how to do that. Good leaders do that through awareness. They are aware when procrastination habits come up in their lives. The likelihood is if you're a procrastinator in one area, you're a procrastinator in all areas. Okay? And a lot of times, procrastination and internal resistance comes up when we struggle against the knowledge that we have to move forward or the perceived amount of work in which it will take for us to gain such knowledge to then act. Now go back to tool number one. If you can gain the amount of knowledge between 40 and 70%, it is your duty as a leader to make a decision to move forward or to move on. That is what you should be basing it off of. So, Procrastination and internal resistance, usually as the second piece to this, violate the first piece because you are either gaining way too much knowledge to make the decision and act, or you aren't willing to put in enough time to gain the minimal level of knowledge. And all you're looking at is the complete 100% amount of knowledge that you need. The second one violates the first, and you need both if you're going to be a solid leader in life and in your business or your company. If you're a manager, leaders take initiative. Leaders take the information they have and make the decisions to move the ball forward. And guess what? When you fail, and some good friends of mine who, who run an amazing leadership company, they talk about failing often and learning from those failures. That is a good thing as a leader. So long as you know how to learn from those failures. So if you are somebody who is fighting against procrastination, which I know a lot of people are, and you don't know how to overcome that internal resistance, which a lot of people don't, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and talk about how you can do better about gaining the knowledge and gaining the ability to be a better leader. That's what it comes down to. There's no hack to this. There are tools, but there's no quick fix. It is putting in the time to understand how to become a better leader to overcome those internal conversations. And I have, I have some stuff for you guys on this. I have some stuff for you guys on this, and I'm going to let you know about it at the end of this. But that is the second tool, learning how to overcome procrastination and internal resistance. Your last piece, the last tool I gave everybody last night was cultivating courage. 
Now, you guys have heard me talk about this on the show. Courage cannot exist without fear. Fear is the single most potent force that I can think of within a human. Fear engages us, not even just neurologically, it engages us chemically. That's how potent fear is. That's how much fear has been ingrained in our development throughout evolution as human beings. Fear is a powerful tool. It is such a motivating factor that people that say they're fearless are probably the weakest people I've ever met in my life. Because everybody that has fear is going to outperform them every single time that fear is engaged. That is how it works. Fear will push you to do great things. So I say this because you have to, as a good leader, cultivate courage. I'll give you guys another quote before we sign off here in a few. And it was one by Mel Robbins. And this goes for rule number two, which is the overcoming procrastination and internal habits, but it also goes for cultivating fear. And what she says is if you only ever did things you don't want to do, you'd only ever have everything you'd ever wanted. Let me say that one more time. If you only ever did things you don't want to do, you'd only ever have everything you'd ever wanted. If you can overcome procrastination and internal resistance through the cultivating of courage, you will in return get everything you want in life. Because on the other side of the things you don't want to do are the biggest riches. They're the biggest lessons. They're the biggest gifts. But you have to be willing to get on the other side of them, which most people are not. Most, most people are not in the business of wanting to cultivate courage to overcome. They are in the business of staying comfortable and not exiting that comfort area. Because as soon as they get to the edges of it, they let the fear overcome them and they forget that they have to cultivate courage. These three tools are what really activate a high quality leader. If you've never heard of them or you think they're simple, I would question you, are you even leading? How are you leading? Have you looked at your leadership? They may sound simple, but most people are not applying these in their lives, which is why we have piss poor leaders and you have business owners who cannot scale their business because of the fact that they cannot lead a team for shit. If you are looking to scale your business, I will tell you right now, if you are not a good leader, you are not going to be successful in this unless you created enough generated like magically enough money right off the bat to bring in a leader who can take your vision and run with it and who doesn't want to run their own company. Good luck with that. But for the most everybody out there who's running a business, if you're trying to scale, you need to build your leadership skills. That will pay dividends in your future through massive, massive earnings.
because your team will understand their objective. They will understand the mission. They will understand the culture. They will understand your brand. They will understand all of it. And they will also feel as though they are part of a team because that is what a good leader does. But as a good leader, you have to start incorporating some of these skills. You need to start working on this. Now, guys, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to leadership. There's so much more to dive into with it, but I'm not going to do it here on this episode. I do want to let you guys know, however, there is a 12-week program that I have being released right now that is going on till September 29th and kicks off September 30th. If you want to learn how to take your leadership to the next level, if you're a business owner who has at least two people underneath them and you want to scale, if you are a manager or any type of E-suite person in a company and you want to really improve your leadership, then come join my 12-week course called Independence. It is an in-depth course on how to really, really cultivate strong leadership by first looking at ourselves and then by second, taking an outward uh, perspective of where we're going. It is a course that is going to reframe leadership for you so that you can not only lead the companies you're working with or your own company, but you can lead the people effectively and you can be somebody who people want to follow. So if you are interested, make sure you click the link in the show notes, head over to Independence, sign up today. It is not going to be open much longer. We are closing the doors and you guys are not going to have an opportunity to get back in there. Now, if you tell me, if you reach out to me at johnny at johnnylsasser.com and you sign up for Independence and let me know that you signed up through this episode, I am going to give you guys a couple of gifts. One of those will be a signed book from me. And the next one will be something different. So if you're interested in this, make sure you click the link in the show notes, sign up for Independence. It kicks off September 30th and come join us. Build your leadership, lead your personal life with confidence, and lead your business with confidence. All right, guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it delivered something valuable to your life. And remember that the world deserves a better caliber of man. And it's our obligation to give it to them.